Hello, and welcome back to Mamahood in Real Life with your hosts, Tierney and Alex. This is a space to share real life conversations, stories, and experiences of mamahood, educate and create a community supporting one another through this beautiful ride of motherhood. Molly, I'm so happy to have you here. First off, Tierney and I have done a lot of episodes, just the two of us lately. We uh-huh. like hammered out episodes with guests. I think we had like what, five, six or so yeah. before I went on my maternity leave and we were recorded them like all in the fall. And then <laughs> the past, like what, two months, we've just had the two of us. That's so yeah. it'll, be, it'll be nice to have someone else um, included in the conversation today. So Molly, welcome to Mamahood in real life. I would love for you to share a little bit about who you are and your mission for mamas. Oh yeah. So thank you for for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know where, where to start, but probably a little bit different. My kids are now a little bit older, so different phase or season of mamahood for me, for sure. But I've been an entrepreneur throughout the entire, you know, motherhood, my experience with motherhood. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Um, I have twins, which I think, Tierney, you have twins, you said? Yes, oh, yeah. I have twin boys. Awesome. So you know all about the twin life craziness. I mean, all of it's crazy. But um, so my twins are now 15, a boy and a girl. And then I have an 11-year-old. So very much interesting stage of life. For sure. And I, you know, I think like now that I, in hindsight, of course, I'm like, oh my gosh, like infancy, toddler, like those are like the easy years. I, I think we need support groups for the teenage years because that is um, something that I'm just, yeah, definitely not ready for and is a whole other adventure. So it's something that we hear about too, that like yeah. other moms of teens ask for the same thing. Like, we don't know what we're doing now either. Totally. Yes. And it's like real stuff, you know, it's like the big stuff, like things really matter. So mm-hmm. there's a whole other level of like pressure and yeah. Yeah. We just but had someone actually write in asking like, have someone on that can help oh. with parenting teens. <laughs> I have would like to meet that person too. (laughs) Yeah. If you could give us some suggestions. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I will try. I'll do my best, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely challenging. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, I think that starting my businesses, you know, way back when has been incredible, but of course, as you know, and many of, I'm sure people here, it's like, you know, when you're trying to do it all, it's, it's a bit of a roller coaster. So, um, but thankfully, I feel like they've been such an amazing outlet. And, you know, they're an opportunity for me to show my kids that I'm following my passions and my, my dreams and important that is. So tell us about your businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, wild hive has existed for about 10 years. Um, since it's inception of like, actually as wild hive, it's, we're hitting our seven year anniversary. Um, but it kind of started a few years prior to that. And it really was the culmination of my background in human biology, dance and positive psychology. And I had no idea that I was going to be creating this thing. And it still is continuing to evolve even in it's, you know, as we're ongoing, like a decade of it. And which is, I love, 
Um, but it's all about reintroducing play back into people's lives. And so especially it's for every human, but especially for moms, I think it's imperative to living a life with more fulfillment. Uh, so it's been so, so rewarding. And of course, like everything else, you know, very challenging at times, but um, it's created one of the best things in my life, which is this amazing community and also an outlet for me to, you know, I really, I was yearning for all of these things, like real connection, a place to feel silly, to feel like a kid again, where I wasn't, where there wasn't any competition, which I think is really, um, it's a unique thing in our culture today. I think everywhere you go, there's sort of that competitive spirit, whether it's good or bad. And so it's really like cultivating a space that feels really, really, really good and empowering and how like, like changing that is. So that's evolved into women's retreats and we've been all over the world and it's kind of the bridge to my other company, but um, we are going, I think on our eighth retreat now and coming up in, in May and they often have a philanthropic component and they are for women currently only for women. And they're just magical weeks to celebrate one another and you know, all the things that we do here on our mini adventures, we just take them on the road. So it's really, really awesome. So tell us about that. What do you do on your mini adventures? Okay. Like, so the what do you, yeah, like, tell town. us what you do. That's you what know, I was going to Yeah. Like if our listeners have no idea, sure. I mean, I yeah. know because I follow you on social media, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they don't know, like what, it, what are some of the things they do? And you have to imagine that of one of the things <laughs> that I might be hinting at. <laughs> I know it's so hard to put into words. I think that's why I'm like, how deep do I go here? How in depth? I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things you just have to experience, but um, so pre-COVID, I rent event venues around the Twin Cities. These are what I call our mini adventures. And there is an intention. They're designed to really feel like you are living your life with more adventure. So we don't go to the same space time and time again. It's always different. I mean, we could be at the Hutton House, which is like bright, open, airy, white, you know, and then we could be at the VFW, like where it's reeks of beer and we're like dancing to strobe lights. <laughs> um, and then everything in between been at First Ave, Minneapolis Institute of Art, breweries, distilleries, like all over the place. And really they're designed to bring community together. I use music and dance as the conduit and it's like a catalyst to living life with just more joy. They're noisy, they're celebratory. We cheer each other on, you know, the dance comes in like, it starts very like freeing 90s hip hop, whatever it might be. And we're just like all getting down. I've had women, men and women in their 60s come and like literally break dance in the middle of the circle, like just crazy things where you're just like, oh, my God, like this is amazing. Like this is what life is about. And, you know, it's just like it's just incredible. Like I still get goosebumps thinking about it. And so we we dance in a circle. It sounds really silly, but it's so fun. It's so like you laugh the entire time. We do not take ourselves seriously. And because of my dance background, you know, I, it's kind of the antithesis of what people associate with dance. It's not about how it looks. We don't stand in lines. There are never mirrors. It's not about doing things the right way, the wrong way. It's really bringing back to like the root of dance, which is a form of community celebration, you know, all, all of the things I could go on and on, but um, and then, you know, when I do introduce some choreography, it's really because people generally want a little bit of direction, but it's not like, this is what we're doing. It's like, here's a suggestion you do you, you know? So, um, so that's 
wild hive in a nutshell. And you just never know, like I, I plan them out, I prepare, but I also always leave room for spontaneity because the coolest things happen. So, you know, conga lines, weird, weird things, but like in a good, in a good way. Um, so that, yeah, I don't know if that answers, <laughs> sheds some clarity. When you started this, you were saying how you started it because it was something that you wanted and you craved. Yeah. What were you experiencing that made you be like, this is what I need. This is what I yeah. need in life. And I bet other people need it too. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think especially after becoming a mom, I just needed to feel like myself. And for me, you know, I, I, there's so many things it's like hard to keep this brief, (laughs) but like, I, I needed space to feel like me And, and I'm a very shy person in general. Like if I'm in a, in a room full of people and somebody wants attention, I'm going to retreat. That's just like my nature. Um, but I also need that space to be me. And, and that is sometimes loud and sometimes like, you know, wild and, and to feel like my true self. And when I dance, I feel so alive and I big, and that's like how I express myself. And what I found was, is everywhere I went, I've been saying this a lot lately. If you follow wild hive on social media, it's like, I've come to this realization that so much of my life as an adult well, even as a young person, but like as an adult and after being a mom was like watered down and, you know, making other people feel uncomfortable. And so how could I create this space where people actually feel celebrated and, you know, you can come and you can be noisy and you can be crazy and you can, you know, just let out this true, your true self and feel supported and feel seen and feel like, oh, there's other people like me. And how amazing is that? I feel less alone right now which, you know, is crazy because we're all going through all these things, but it it can make, you know, it can make you feel isolated, especially as a mom. And we want to try to do it all and be it all. And so to create this space where people really come together and support one another. And it's surprisingly like really hard to find. Um, You know, I also really needed that dance outlet. And as an adult, kind of the only place you can get that is in a gym. Um, So the three first three unofficial years of wild hive did start in that setting. And it wasn't something that I really wanted to do, but because of my background, you know, I kept getting asked like, when do you want to start teaching classes? And I just didn't think it was for me. I love being active. It's very much a part of my core value. Like I, I, I love it. It's my release, but I didn't think that I'd want to be in that center stage role. Um, and there was, (laughs) I always say this, there's this one woman she was sort of my mentor for many years who was like, that's it. You're teaching the last 10 minutes of class next week. You're going to do it or you're not coming at all. And I was like, oh, I'm like scared of you. So, and I love this. Like, I love this place. I'm just going to do it and see how it goes. And it was like, so, so fun. And so that's really how it started. Um, but just like I had anticipated, it was not the right setting. Um, it was a little toxic. It was kind of all the things that I didn't love the space for, like very serious, you know, mirrors, how it looked, how many people were in your class, um, competition. And we outgrew the space in three, three and a half years. We just, I knew like this was no longer the right setting for what we were doing here. And when I left, I got hundreds of letters from people 
expressing how, you know, what we were doing together was getting them through major life events, through job changes and divorces and deaths and families and like crazy stuff. And we cried. I mean, it was like super emotional and I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I couldn't be there anymore. And I rented an event venue in the North Loop on March 13th, 2015, and 200 people showed up and we danced our heart, hearts out. And that was, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Like that was the start of it. So, and ever since then, I mean, it's evolved so much because I think that's an important part of our human experience, but it, uh, you know, continues to be this space. It's like a sacred space where people are just kind and just let loose, which mm. we need more of now more than ever. So that's amazing. Ooh, Sorry. <laughs> I no, I love that. I just think it's so fun to just, I mean, so I actually just hosted a, an event last week and yeah. the woman that I co-hosted with, she did like embodied movement. So it was like, she had three different, four different songs and it was like certain types of movements just to like get, drop into our bodies a little bit. And then it was like hugging yourself and then moving around. And then it was like, okay, this song, you just freaking go and move yeah. however you feel called uh, to do and dance around. And we started the conga line and it was just like yes. so much fun and the energy was like palpable and everybody was like feeding off of each other and exactly. at first everyone was like I don't know it's kind of weird and yeah. then everyone had so much fun with it and it's dance is like something that I think we take for granted I went to Nikki this woman that I co-hosted with I went to one of her events in December and she had us do that and I was like yeah it was like a natural high that was totally. so fun and yep. It, it's something that we all have access to do at our homes. Like you're having right. a crappy day, turn on a song that you love, crank the tunes, let loose a little bit. And I just, I love that idea of like, especially women coming together and just like letting things go. And as you were talking about yourself and how like you started this because you wanted to like reconnect with who you were, you wanted to take time for you a common thing that Tierney and I talk about is like, how do we get more moms to recognize the importance of taking care of themselves and doing things for themselves? For instance, we have an event next week and we've asked so many moms to come. And like yeah. a lot of people are like, I can't come. Like my husband has X, Y, and Z. And it's like, that's a common response that we get. And it's like, well, how do we flip that? Like, what if you have something that you need to right. do for yourself. Right. Right. How, like, why is it, at least from what I've started to hear is it's like harder for us as moms to feel like if we need a night for ourselves to maybe have a babysitter or have the grandparents come over when we recognize we need it because we feel like we have to be the ones to step into the role. And so yeah. I'm curious, like, how do we flip that narrative a little bit more and like let moms see like they need to take care of themselves and take time for them too. Right. Right. I know it is. It's so challenging because it has to start from within, right? It's like we can sit and talk about it all day long. And it's like somebody has to say to themselves, like, okay, wait, I need to do this. But I think that um, you know, for me, I will I will say that I this is something that I have determined as a parent that is something that's very important to me is I grew up with two, you know, wonderful parents and they did the best they could with what they had, but what I realized as I got older is there, the, what and how I think a lot of parents live today is they say something, but their actions don't match it. So 
to, you know, for me, I think this is answering your question, but for me, I would much rather have my actions show what is important to me than what I say, because I think that is felt so much more. And I think that it's teaching in ways that's like, I mean, it's just so much more profound than just saying, I love you. You actually have to show them that how much you love them through your actions. Right. So for moms, I think understanding that when you take that time, it is showing your kids through an action that you are taking care of yourself and how that makes you a better mom for it. You know what I mean? Like I, I share a story and I apologize if anybody has heard this before, but it's like one of my favorite things to share. And I think that it's an important piece to like what you're talking about. Um, so on one of my retreats, it was a trip to El Salvador and it was in February, 2019. And this trip we had raised, I think over $15,000. We were renovating, we renovated a rural school in El Salvador and it was just, it's like, one of my personal favorite experiences. It was 27 women. We were in this gorgeous place in El Salvador. Like it, it was just crazy and like amazing how it all came together. But I coordinated this service project um, and we worked so hard. We, it was like physical manual labor, but we're also like dancing every day and feeling that euphoria. And then we're like sitting by the pool or the beach with a cocktail by three, like everything. But the day before the trip, um, one of my friends who was coming on the trip called me and she, she is this person, like she does not take time for herself. She has a lot of guilt around it. Her husband at the time was traveling for work Monday through Friday and she did it all. I mean, she really was holding down the fort at home and she decided to, this was a gift for herself and she wanted to go on this trip. But the day before she started to panic. And I think too, as women, like we often, it's like this, an illusion of control. Like we think if we're around all the time, we can control all the things, you know? So I think there's a little bit of that. And she just said, I don't know if I'm going to go. Like she could not give herself this week. She had already paid for it. Like we were going, we were leaving at like 5 a.m. the next day. So she, I said, you know, I will support you in whatever you do, but I do know because I've been doing this for a little while now that this you are going to come back a better mom. You are giving yourself this gift. You are investing in yourself and you're going to come back and your kids are going to notice it. And you're, you know, like it shows up in every aspect of your life. And I think a lot of women don't realize that saying no to all the things when they actually, they fill your cup up so that you can then give to others. Right. And one of my favorite, 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 favorite moments of any of our trips we've been on we, I looked at her midweek and she was, it was like very idyllic. She was sitting, we had worked so hard that day. She was sitting under a palm tree on this beach lounger with a gin and tonic. And it was like very quiet and everyone was kind of dispersed, kind of doing their thing and recouping and taking in, like processing what just happened that day. And I looked over at her and we had a moment of just making eye contact. And then after like, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds, she just looked at me and said, I don't remember the last time I was this happy. And it's just, I mean, it still makes me so emotional because it's just like, yes, like that's what this is. And we don't do this for ourselves. And if there's anything I can give to humans and especially to moms, it is moments like those. That's pretty cool. I got even. I got a little. I know. Here. I know. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, because we we say it too. Like it's like the airplane thing. You have to put on your own mask yes, before you right. can put on your kids. 
filling your own cup, but it is, it is hard. Cause I agree with Alex. That is definitely the number one. Every time I see it too, it's like my husband has this sport or this going on. And I'm like, yeah. it's so interesting because the husbands have so much stuff happening outside of the house more than like, I even really realized. Totally. But, I and saw- like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I was, I was just, just going to say, oh, <laughs> sorry, go, go, sorry. go, go, go. No, no, no. Well, the only thing I was going to say now, especially having older kids, I can say I notice how much of an impact it make, has made on them, seeing that I do take care of myself. And especially like, you know, having a daughter. I mean, I can just, and I can see, I mean, they're so proud of me, you know, like, how cool is that as a parent? to not only just say, oh, I love you, da, 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 but to actually show through action what is important in life and like what kind of impact, how shaping that is for them. Because I think they I notice tell, when they're little yeah, too. Maybe not do. when they're like babies, yeah. but they notice when, when they notice too. Well, and it's it's creating a habit that you, you get better at as they get older and life gets even crazier because you're like running them all over the place, you know? But I, I think had I seen my mom really fulfilled in her life and pursuing her dreams and feeling worthy. And granted that comes in so many ways. You don't have to be out starting a business to feel those things. You could be volunteering. You could be, I mean, there's so many things, but I, I think you have a different experience when you have a parent who is, who is taking care of themselves and saying like, what do I want out of this one life? You know, Mm -hmm. how I'm just curious, like your thoughts around, like discerning, like the importance of taking care of yourself, but not feeling like shame or guilt around that. Oh um, yeah. Cause I, I, I think that that's something that is definitely a struggle. Maybe you feel like shame or guilt within, or you feel shame and guilt like externally from people like, Oh, you're going yeah. on that trip for yourself. You're leaving your kids again. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you know, and then like someone's putting that on you or, and then all of a sudden you're feeling guilty when it was like something that you wanted to do for yourself. And it's like, how do you find that balance? Yeah. Well, I think that for me, choosing this life of kind of pursuing a non-conventional career path. I mean, I've sort of lived my whole life like this. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of an outlier and I think I like that, but it's taken me many years to cope with the judgment. Um, you know, and like one of my favorite quotes is that like what people say about you is none of your business, you know, like I'm just out here doing my thing and maybe it too, it's like age. And I, one of the best things I did ever during COVID was get an amazing therapist coach. And we worked so much on that. It started out like I was going to, you know, going to be seeing her, you know, professionally. And of course, as things have a way of, you know, unraveling into like, oh, wait, I can't really set any of these professional goals unless I've like worked on, on this, <laughs> my mental well-being and, you know, self-worth. And I think a lot of that is, plays a role in that. I think a lot of that plays a role in, you know, like self-compassion and, and realizing like, if I'm, if I am true to my core values, if I've taken the time to think about like, what's important to me, what am I trying to accomplish here? Then whatever people say, you know, of course, every day is, you know, different. You just never know how you're going to react. But I think I come into it with a better, like a stronger foundation 
that I'm less reactive with the judgment because that's going to happen no matter what. You know, my husband and I travel is a part of our like health and well being. It's a part of our you know our values as a couple. And we we said <laughs> I think there was a time in our lives where we were like, let's play a drinking game. Like we were going to an event and we were like. Anytime someone's like, Ooh, you're in town or where are you going next? And how, you know, any kind of, any of those comments, you're like, let's drink, you know, like, because it was constant. And the thing is, is we believe that when we're investing in our relationship and we're taking time away to work on ourselves and we're staying connected and all the things like that is helping us accomplish our goals and what we want out of life. And so that we had to stay true to that and, you know, let people say what they're going to say, but the self-compassion, um, that, cause there's a lot of shame. And I think a lot of like high achievers, people who are out there really trying to like make a difference, we feel a lot of that. And so that's been one of the most profound, you know, practices that I started with my therapist are self-compassion breaks. And, um, there's just so many amazing things that you can do to kind of combat when you start to go in those spirals. I like that. I like that. I think, I think, our moms that are listening could definitely use that because I think we all currently get into that headspace, no matter where you are, like no matter how old your kids are or where you are in that journey, you know, one thing or another, especially with social media of getting into that, like how do you share this? If you, you know, what is, what are people's reactions going to be? Yeah, absolutely. So earlier you, um, talked a little bit about positive psychology and having like a certificate and a background in that. Can you tell us about that? And like, what are some of the benefits and what it is? (laughs) Yes. I mean, we could have a whole hour just to talk about it, but, um, very abbreviated version. What I love about it. I mean, I, obviously I have a degree in human biology, so I'm very fascinated by like human behavior and science, um, you know, and psychology in general. And I think even every business owner, you know, has to have some general knowledge of, of human behavior and psychology, right? And I think pursuing, you know, extra, like I love, I'm a self-learner. I love learning. It is, you know, one of my buckets is like how to stay stimulated and grow as a human being. And so I got into positive psychology. I love it because, it, you know, so much of Western medicine focuses on like weaknesses and disease. And what positive psychology does is it actually enhances or emphasizes our, you know, fulfilling parts of life and like what characteristics make life more joyful and how it's, it's so amazing. I think it's like a prerequisite for being a human being. I remember like being in the course, like, gosh, how do I get every person to take this? Um, And it's worth like just looking into because it even breaks down like what are positive emotions and how negative emotions are so much more embodied than positive, which is why so many people focus on what's negative and why we feel them so, so strongly. And so positive psychology is just awareness around what feels good and how you can kind of hold on to those fleeing moments a little bit longer. And there's so much more to it. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's very cool to like get into it. And I'm constantly like going back to it because of course, you know, life, life gets in the way. And I'm like, oh yeah, what was that practice again? Or what was that? You know, like there's only so much we can do and we constantly need those cues, but um, 
it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really cool because I think that especially during COVID, I mean, there, it's been a tough few years, right? How did you learn about it? Um, gosh, I don't remember. I think I'm always toying with the idea of going back to school and I'm always like, Ooh, this interests me now. And this interests me now. I mean, like a very multi-passionate person, which is fun and also kind of annoying. <laughs> so I will go on these like crazy, you know, Google research things, like what programs interest me and what areas like, you know, I don't know. I, it's so weird. So like I, at that time in my life, I mean, this was, I would say maybe like five, six years ago, I came across the, the, you know, section of positive psychology and thought like, Ooh, I want to immerse myself in this a little bit more and how this can be applied to work to my own personal life, to my relationships, really everything. And I kind of think if there's any one gift to our children, it is self-awareness. And I think that there's always going to be parts of ourselves that are unknown and that's just how it, how it is. But if there's something I can do to give back to my kids, you know, we, we obviously, our genetics play a huge role in how we parent and who we are. And of course, like how we grew up, but I think that self-awareness is the key to so much because you're like, Ooh, I'm doing that. Or I'm doing that. You know, it's like, it's just the greatest gift. So I think like any kind of any area where you can learn more about our behavior and our psychology is all part of, of self-awareness. When you were talking about how you have like different practices that you utilize, what would be some practices maybe that moms could start to use to focus on like more positivity. Yeah. Um, well, I think that, and this is where sometimes positive psychology gets a bad rap. I'm sure you guys have heard of like toxic positivity, you know, and there is a lot of research out there and a lot of like thought leaders who talk about that. So I think, I think it's important too, to touch on the fact that it's not about being positive all the time. And that's not a good thing, right? Like I have so many days where I'm feeling a little down or sad. And so it's more about recognizing that emotions are fleeing and not getting too attached to them. So, you know, there's just first that first and foremost, just that. And then um, I do, I mean, I'll mention the self-compassion break because that is a part of a positive psychology practice. And it's just, for me, it's been life-changing and you can Google that. Like I think too, as a mom, you know, we forget, I, I don't know about you too, but for me, I had so many shame spirals where I felt like I'm the only one going through this. Why is this not happening to anybody else? And the self-compassion break is actually taking a moment to say like, oh, I'm not the only one that goes through that. I mean, it's so simple, but <laughs> it was like life-changing. And so you can Google it. There's a, like a three-step process to a self-compassion break. Um, I think acts of kindness. I mean, you probably talked about that, but um, I recently heard somewhere I've been listening to audiobooks, which by the way, is another awesome thing to do. Like I've tried to listen to one audiobook a week, I think gets us out of our heads a little bit. But, um, I heard this the other day where it's like, when you're feeling down and you're like really embodying those negative emotions, like write a thank you card to somebody and send it in the mail. Like I've been doing that lately. Cause I love it. Like, Oh, I'm going to tell somebody how much they mean to me or like just super random. I mean, but it actually makes you feel a little bit better because, you know, one of my favorite positive emotions is hope. 
And I think when we're feeling so down, we forget how powerful hope is, like hope that our world is going to be better, a better place, hope that we're going to feel better in five minutes, whatever it might be, like, okay, maybe not five minutes, but um, so like acts of kindness, there's, you know, journaling, vision boards, just, oh, one of my and my husband's favorite things to do is, and especially to Tierney, when you were talking about social media, a lot of times we think about like, we see what other people are up to, or we think about all the things we have not yet gotten to do, or the, you know, we're so focused on the future. We love to go through our photos, like we'll go on our phones and like scroll all the way back. And we just start to go through our photos and see all the amazing things that we've done. And we see like funny photos of the kids and we share with them. And it's like, that is so powerful for gratitude, you know, like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is pretty great. Like, you can feel sad and feel, you know, whatever you should not combat those feelings. Like they are there and you kind of got to like, just let them be, but you embody them a little bit less when you start to feel grateful. I really like that. Cause also, because we take how many photos and then half of yeah. them, you know, there's only so many you post on social media, which is like an easy scroll, but actually going through and like reminiscing on those exactly. photos. Yes. And like for travel, you know, we, because we love to travel, we're so passionate about it. We're a lot of the times we're like, Ooh, where are we going next? And it's like, wait a second, we should stop and just allow like that, those past travel experiences to really like sink in because you're creating these lifelong memories. And I don't want to just move on to the next thing. I want to like take them all in and I want to remember them. So it's, you know, it's really cool to go back through. A couple of years ago, I did the thank you note thing that you're talking yeah. about. So I did it for a whole month. And what was the most probably cool, interesting part of doing it was the first few days you get like your obvious ones out of the way, like immediate family member, super close friends, but then you kind of start having to dig. And when you dig to like, who's that second or third ring of people that you want to send a note to, you also kind of have to like dig up, like, okay, I need to actually rough reflect on, yes. on this more than just like to your husband saying, you know, thank you for all that you do for us on a daily basis or whatever. You really start to reflect on the people in your life and your experiences that you had. It's a pretty cool, uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to do. It is because even the minute, like the, you know, the micro moments, they're actually, you know, when you can take a moment to stop and like really reflect on them, it's like, actually, that was a pretty, you know, big deal. And we always talk about how small moments accumulative, you know, like they accumulate and you, they create like, you know, amazing things that impact our communities and, and more. So I think that it's, it amplifies those moments and those relationships or the random, I mean, it could be super random. I mean, even I think about like, I remember I guess I really like to make eye contact. <laughs> I like to smile at people. And even when I'm feeling down, that has a way of making me feel better. And I'll never forget this one woman stopped me. And she's like, why are you smiling at me? And I was like, oh my gosh, how sad is that? That me like smiling at this woman is so, you know, like just out of the ordinary. It's like, no, 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 this is how it should be. So like, take a moment to actually think about the person you're passing or like you're saying good morning. Are you just doing it out of habit or are you actually meaning like, I hope you have a good morning, <laughs> like just being more intentional. And people mm. on the receiving end love it. Like whether it's yes. the notes or comments or just saying hello to someone, like, I, yes. I don't know. I, 
I was really surprised. I thought like people would be like, why did she send me a note randomly in the month of November? And yeah. you know, something like that. And they're like sending you a snapshot and it was like, this was so sweet. Thank you so much. And then, you know, you kind of are like, wow, this is really impacting people's days and like, and then yours too. And then yours. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're like, that's cool. I did that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And you're doing it to make them feel better. It's just like volunteering, right. Or giving back. It's like, you want to make an impact on a community, a person, but like, it also makes you feel really good, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's like, it's just all around great. So, yeah. I love that. Molly, how do you balance being a mom and an entrepreneur? Oh, I first throw that word out the window. <laughs> Cause I just don't think there's any such thing. I mean, I, I think I'm uh like, I just recognize that there's seasons for things. And sometimes I'm like, super focused on being a parent. And other times I'm like, okay, I can like spend a little bit more time and energy on work. And also just like letting that happen organically. I'm not somebody that can really force things. So, you know, I just, I just try, I'm trying to be more present. Um, And I think that's my version of balance, you know, and just taking it one day at a time. Cause it's, you know, it's hard. And then you start putting pressure on yourself. And, you know, again, I think it's like, there are so many days where I'm like, am I showing up in the way that I want to show up as a parent, you know? And I don't know. You just don't know. But again, I just tend to think like, okay, well, I'm living my life by my core values. And that in itself, I think is, is being a good parent. I love that. And I, I do think Tierney has like an analogy that she always talks about of like the ball, the jungle, like juggling the balls and you have to decide like, okay, something's going to drop at some point and that's okay. Yes. Like it's, it's not this balancing act. Like things are going to fall to the wayside and it's going to ebb and flow. And some weeks are going to feel like, wow, the house is really clean. And then the next week the house might not be clean, but you're taking more care of yourself. And so it is just like, recognizing like every week and every day is going to look a little bit different and that's okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's so true. I mean, that's spot on, you know? And I think too, like, I always think back to, you know, the times where like people raised their children in a village and, you know, every woman raised every child as if it were her own. And we're so far from that. And I've just, had to get better at asking for help and that it's not a weakness. It's, it's okay. And actually when, you know, I, I think that as women too, like we could get into that, even just like accepting compliments, accepting, I mean, there's so many things where we're like, no, no, no. We try to like shut it down. And it's like, actually to be able to be vulnerable and open and take, accept help and accept, you know, like it's such a powerful thing to even for like meaningful connection So I think that, you know, when, when maybe you're focused on, when you're focused more on work, being able to ask some people to help and they want to help just like you would, if you were, you know, if you were being asked. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, different things like that. Um, I also like, I recently listened to a, an audio book called the gap in the gain. It was so good, but they talked about um, at the end of the day, identifying three wins from the day. And it 
would be something so silly. Like I got my kid to soccer on time, you know, or like I had a really great conversation with my kid in the car. And again, it's like another way to really recognize those moments are really important. They're, you know, they're, they seem silly, but they're, they're big moments when, especially when, you know, we, I don't know, we, again, it's like all comes back down to that, like the balance and the pressure that we put on ourselves and all of that. So um, I think even like recognizing the things we are doing, we are getting right. <laughs> I think that's a good practice to have too, because even on the hardest of days, yes, you always have really wins. great. Yeah. You can be really great way to end your day. Yes. And I really liked it. He, he said, it's also, it sets your next day up for intention. If you also write jot down and this should literally take two minutes. So it's not like all of a sudden now you have, you have another thing you have to do. It's like, jot down three wins you want for tomorrow and you might mm. not get those three wins, but you always have three wins. And again, it's like, I, I just, I, I have such a different outlook on, you know, for me, my kids aren't driving yet and their sports are insane. And I'm like literally out every night driving them, you know, driving three kids logistically. It's just like crazy. One of them has practice till 10 PM. It's like just annoying. And I, I could get so down about it, but instead I'm like, Oh wait, my kids are going to be driving in less than a year. Like this is the time that I get to actually spend with them and be in the car and they're not off doing their own thing. And, you know, just trying to like reframe our mindset around mm-hmm. it, like focusing on those wins. It just, you know, is another practice of like how we can find the good when, you know, life is a little hectic. So our next question is one that we ask of every one of our guests that come on, comes on. So emboldened means to give someone the courage or confidence to do something or to behave in a certain way, to inspire, invigorate, revitalize, strengthen. What is the way you hope to embolden mamas? Oh, I know that's so good. I think that every single one of those words is very much at the core of everything I do. And for myself, but also for all of the women that are a part of wild hive and wild bum. And, you know, I think that the first way is to remind, to be a reminder, but also to remind women that they're never too old to play. And that play is such a huge part of feeling revitalized and refreshed and, you know, have a zest, a zest for life. So I think play is, is at the core of everything I do. Um, And, you know, if you can't find this, I think you can also create it. You know, if if you're missing that where you live, like think about ways you can create that community and that space, you know, and you could start like one of my practices for with myself has been like taking myself on a date, you know, and not distracting myself with books or things. It's like, just take myself out and feel creative, feel inspired. Um, so start there and then kind of figure out like, what could I be doing to bring this to my community, you know? And, um, I think if there's any other thing, I hope that I'm inspiring among women and moms, it's, you know, just living, living with a sense of adventure Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, truly it's like, it's all of those things are, you know, a part of what I'm doing and are important to me, just noisy celebration and, and feeling supported, feeling seen and yeah. 
I love that. That's amazing. And I think you are doing that. And so continue to like offer what you're doing for women. I think it's a really great reminder and it's a great opportunity for anybody listening to go if it like if you're feeling called to, or even if it feels totally out of your comfort zone, go because you never know <laughs> like what benefit you're going to get when you get a little bit uncomfortable. So Molly, yes. thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so wonderful getting to hear more about your story, your mission, your why. And I just want to thank you for coming on. And I'm just curious, where could our listeners get connected with you? Oh, yes. Well, thank you again for having me. By the way, it's it's such a treat. Uh, so thewildhive.com is the website for if you want to learn more about Wild Hive. And we're on Instagram and Facebook and all the things, but you can you can connect, you know, via the website if just I'll just mention that one. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Yes, yeah. thank you again. And for our listeners, don't forget to like subscribe, leave us a comment and, uh, you can find more of us uh, on Instagram at embolden mama. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.